Super Talk Mississippi media production. Or pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Last day of the week for the Eagle Hour. Lots going on in Hattiesburg and for Southern Miss Athletics. This weekend, happy to have you along as we close out another week of the Eagle Hour. Luke Johnson at the First Bank Studios in beautiful downtown Laurel. Kelly Sander, Michael Mergens at the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg. Great show for you today. Uh, we'll have Southern Miss, former Southern Miss uh, pitcher J.C. Keys on a little later in the show. Uh, we will preview, of course, the big baseball series, uh, one of the biggest uh, out-of-conference uh, series across the college baseball landscape uh, this weekend as the Raging Cajuns of Louisiana come in uh, to the Pete uh, tonight at 6 p.m., tomorrow at 2, and then Sunday at 1. Uh, lots of other sports. Sports going on this weekend. We'll bring all that up to you. Uh, but but Jeremy McLean, athletic director, is going to join us in just a second on this Friday. Happy to have him for two segments today. First segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by Dickie's Barbecue. They're cooked uh, locally, right in your own neighborhood, but loved everywhere. Uh, some of the, the best meats you can go and eat anywhere. When you eat in store, you get that ice cream, and they can cater your next event. Go see the hometown team in Hattiesburg next to Turtle Creek Mall. Dickie's Barbecue, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. We kick off this Friday and are just, as always, so pleased to have uh, the athletic director for the Southern Miss Golden Eagles, Jeremy McLean, joining us. And, uh, Jeremy, a lot to talk about today. I know you, as a former baseball player, you got to be ecstatic about uh, this matchup this weekend with Louisiana coming in. Yeah, no doubt about it. First of all, I appreciate you guys having me, as always. It's always a pleasure pleasure to come on and visit um yeah from a baseball perspective you know it uh you got two really strong programs this weekend uh towing it up and and just traditionally um programs that are, are in the mix every year and you know in, in regionals and competing to uh to to advance to the championship so so that's always a, a pleasure and um you know and really a, what i would consider you know something that's become a pretty good rivalry over the years in baseball and uh, we've been fortunate enough to play each other almost every year for quite some time. And so uh, really looking forward to that. I think it would be a great test for, for uh, both clubs um, just to kind of see where we're at at this point in the year. But it uh, should be, a, should be you know, good weather, good atmosphere, and, and uh, should, should be some really good baseball at the peak this weekend. You talk about that atmosphere, and, and I think it's going to be excellent tonight. Governor Reeves last week um, basically signing an executive order through March 31st where outdoor capacity could be lifted uh, to 50%. And, and Jeremy, uh, we touched on this earlier in the week, but, of course, uh, your take on that executive order, how that benefits Southern Miss, and I guess kind of some of the more details that, that Southern Miss fans who, yeah. I guess, uh, for, for this entire year haven't been able really to watch as many Golden Eagle events as they had just kind Kind of walk us through all that, please. Yeah, definitely excited about that from a standpoint, especially as it pertains to baseball, where, as you guys know, we normally have really strong crowds, and then and then softball as well, where we've got some 
some marquee games, uh, midweek games later in the year uh, for our softball program. So great opportunity. You know, I'm excited that uh, we got an opportunity to expand on what we've been doing. As you guys know, we started the year 25 percent, and uh, you know, we, we which is about a thousand eleven hundred people for us at the baseball stadium, and, and our ticket staff. I got to give them a ton of credit. Did a great job of figuring out trying to make sure we maximize that. And if you came to any of the early games, I think it felt like, you know, there was a, a solid number of fans there and we were able to create some atmosphere, even when we were limited to 25%. So, you know, with that being lifted, we've kind of approached this uh, in a way that we're, we're trying to ease into this, uh, make sure we're still doing our job to try to keep people safe, uh, but definitely allowing more people into the stadium. We, we went to our waiting list. We had a season ticket holder waiting list. Uh, which we went to and fulfilled all those requests before this weekend. Uh, we've added a few more student tickets. And then we're actually able to add uh, a, a few um, single-game uh, tickets for this weekend. And so, you know, they're, they're all, um, all uh, I should say, midweek sales. We're not going to do any walk-up day of, and, and there are a lot of reasons for that, but we just to keep from uh, having confusion, having to cut people off, or sure. maybe standing in line, we, we, we're selling those up until this afternoon, and so uh, and so. It's, I think we've gotten the right number. I think we we haven't quite sold all of those single games, but we're within just a handful. So I think again, I think we've done a good job of getting to the right number. So it should be a really good crowd, and you know, if it goes well, and we feel like we we can we're doing things the right way hopefully we'll be able to add a few more as we as we go along throughout the the baseball schedule sure and kelly center i know uh with with that increased capacity man what an atmosphere it's going to be at the peak this weekend yeah the first i i, I for, for whatever reason i always seem to remember the first four innings vividly and the fifth the fifth and sixth get a little hazy and then seven eighth and ninth you can forget it i don't i don't seem to, to remember for for whatever reason uh, you can probably draw your own conclusions there but jeremy i want to talk about things off the field in in the world of college sports a story out of east lansing michigan yesterday and i am not making this up i do like to play around lots of times but this is a serious story michigan state university's basketball team entered into a, an agreement with rocket mortgage yesterday that starting next basketball season, the Michigan State Spartans will be known as the Michigan State Spartans presented by Rocket Mortgage. Now, we've heard of field names being sold. We've heard of, you know, the post-game shows of signage at games and things like this. But now, as far as we know, at the NCAA level or even at any level, a team actually being the team's name actually being sold, so to speak. The Michigan State Spartans presented by Rocket Mortgage will be the Spartans basketball team name beginning next year. Is this the future of college sports? What is your reaction? Well, I, I thought it was very interesting to, when I saw that as well. And, I, I, you know, it's, it's also funny that I think they, they come out today to try to put out a statement to try to clarify a few things. But you know, I, I will say this: I think we're all we're all always trying to find new ways to to generate revenue and increase revenue streams. So uh, I think sponsorships uh, are always on the table. I do think there's there's maybe um, a line somewhere that uh, you know you don't you don't want to cross. Uh, I don't know if this is it or not. I don't know if it would be for us. But I will say that we're not. You know, we're always going to listen and we're always going to try to be creative. And so. I don't know if it's the future of college athletics, um, 
but I will say that I, I think um, you know I think we would 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 be open to always listening to different ideas. I don't know if we go as far as this, but um, it's interesting to see, and it'll be interesting to see how it develops. And other, if there are other programs out there who begin to embrace that, because I was just thinking, if money is tight at one of the premier programs in the Big Ten, what does that say about money yeah. situations at smaller schools like Southern Miss? Oh yeah, I think you're you're right on, and that's why I think we always have to be willing to be creative and listen, and um, you know, figure out a way to to, to make it happen. And, and obviously, that's what they're doing. Uh, at Michigan State. But, but I don't know that there's a real ring to the Southern Miss Golden Eagles presented by the Thirsty Hippo. You know, I, I, <laughs> I don't know that that would fly very well. But, but nonetheless, um, and I want to go back to the, the football coaching search um, when, when Will Hall was eventually named. How early, you know, with whatever you're comfortable sharing, Jeremy, how early on in the process or, or along in the process were you, did you know that he was your guy? Oh, you know, I, I, you try to be careful with that. I, sure. I knew I knew Will was a strong candidate from the very beginning. Uh, I, I known I've known Will for about a decade. Um, kept up with him, uh, even stayed in touch some. We, you know, a lot of a lot of contacts. We were in the same league uh, back when we were both uh, in Division Two, and um, so I knew he was a strong candidate just from a fit standpoint um, and what he had done, his track record. But you try to be very careful in searches not to get so focused on one or even two candidates that you miss something. So for us, it really wasn't a, hey, we know Will's our guy. We're going to just wait until the end of the year. It was, let's make sure we're very thorough about visiting with, because we had a great group of candidates. I've said that over and over. I mean, we were we were the only opening in college football for quite some time. And so we had a chance to visit with a lot of candidates who were very, very, um, you know, very, very qualified. And, and many of them who are head coaches now, um, after other jobs came open. And so, you know, for me, it was more about just working through that process. But but I knew early on that Will was a strong candidate and that, you know, once we had a chance to sit down and had several conversations, it just became, you know, even more clear that it was, it was the perfect fit and he was the right guy at the right time. And what a great storyline going into the football season this fall that the Golden Eagles' first game is against South Al, who is now – coached by Kane Womack, who is a Southern Miss grad who married an Oak Grove girl, and he graduated from Oak Grove. Man, this has got all kinds of side stories that the media should be jumping all over, which would add to the excitement of that it, game. It does. It, it really does, and it, it should be it should be fun leading up to that. You're going to have two really, really good young coaches who I think both have really bright futures, and so it should be, um, you know, should be should be a lot of fun leading up to that game. It should be plenty of storylines to, to dig into. On the other side of the commercial break, Luke's going to be back with us, and we're going to talk more specifically about things going on at Southern Miss. I know there's some track headlines, track and field headlines we're going to deal with, and the other things going on in the front office at Southern Miss with the main man, athletic director Jeremy McLean, will join us as the Eagle Hour, the Friday edition, continues after these commercial messages. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Back on a Friday, going to be great weather this weekend for Southern Miss and Louisiana. I still call them Louisiana Lafayette or Ooh La La or whatever you want to call them. 
Raging Cajuns coming into the first pitch tonight at 6 p.m. Hunter Stanley on the mound for the Golden Eagles. Hayden Dirk, uh, a right-handed pitcher. And, again, uh, no lefties in the starters uh, starting rotation for any uh, either team this weekend. Stanley throwing today. Powell, Walker Powell tomorrow. And then Ben Etheridge for the Golden Eagles on Sunday, second segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you today and every day by Campus Bookmark, located on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. They sell a whole lot more than books, and many of you coming into town today with that increased capacity, go get you a brand-new Southern Miss baseball hat. There still may be a few of those parrot head um, jerseys left over, and uh, we want to we want to cheer on our Golden Eagles tonight, as it is Jimmy Buffett night, parrot head night at the Pete. And the Golden Eagles take on Louisiana Lafayette. We appreciate Campus Bookmark and their sponsorship of the Eagle Hour. Jeremy McLean, athletic director, joins us, continues with us. And, Jeremy, we appreciate you hanging around for um, for an extra segment. Before we get into to spring football, man, something just really awesome happened. Uh, Bahalia, Mississippi, which is right at the top on the corner or, or the, the border of Tennessee, uh, had, had produced a very, very, very athletic young man named Corvell Todd. He is a sophomore high jumper for the Golden Eagles. And I'll tell you what, Jeremy, I, I'm not sure that uh, there's many other programs in the country that have produced the amount of high jumpers in the last four or five years like Southern Miss. But tell us, uh, right when we came on air, some breaking news with Corvell Todd at the NCAA Indoor Championships today. Yeah, and you're you're right on. I think we we've got a great uh, we had a great run here lately, especially of of uh, great track athletes who've gone on to do great things. But as you as you mentioned, Corvell's been great for us. And today he was competing in the NCAA championships and finished uh, fifth overall, and and which which earns him all American honors. And and that is just a huge accomplishment. And uh, you know for for our program, as you guys know, we we won the conference championship uh, on the women's side. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, and then to have uh, one of our male athletes compete at that level and, and to finish as an All-American in the top five, uh, you know, in the country is is, is a huge accomplishment, and, and just very very proud of, uh, very very proud of that program and what John Stewart uh, has done to to put us in a position to continue to be successful, and um, just really excited for Corvell. Corvell jumped to 2.21 meters today, a new career best, and he is an All-American at the NCAA Indoor Championships. And, of course, Golden Eagles will continue now as the outdoor season comes very quickly. All right, let's switch to football, Jeremy. Um, I know people have been really, really excited because some of the Saturday scrimmages have been open. Uh, spring game coming up, it's going to be open. We had the privilege on the Eagle Hour to, to – Jack Duggan had, had set it up. We had all ten coaches on and just hearing from the different positions. What's kind of been your observations of spring ball so far? It seems that that there's a rejuvenated spirit amongst the Golden Eagles. Well, if you you guys have had a chance to visit with all ten of those guys, you you will understand why I'm excited. Um, Just a great group of coaches. I think Coach Hall's done a fantastic job of uh, bringing in uh, coaches who can get it done from X and O standpoint and, and, and handling their their positions, but just great people as well. And, uh, I think you've you've heard Will say over and over that you know he wants people who are going to make people around them better, and I think that's where we're at, and and you know and I think that's been felt by our student athletes. If you if you ask any of them, I think they're really excited about what they've been able to experience and, and kind of the energy level and uh, the positivity around the program, and and uh, so just for me, that's been exciting to see and watch, and you really feel throughout our building. I think from everybody who's involved right now is is kind of pulling the rope in the same direction and and 
doing all we can to, to prepare for the fall and prepare for a successful season. Kelly, did did we ever find out, you guys, if Jimmy Buffett has parking tickets still on file? <laughs> we leave so, him one. We yeah, leave him one at will call just in case, in case he shows up. We, we, we wanted to, to publicly beseech you on behalf of Jimmy Buffett to reach out to, to Doctor Bennett and you know offer a uh, whatever a, a, release, a pardon, a, yeah, a, a pardoning, <laughs> and you know we know that's probably connected with a hundred thousand dollar donation to the athletic department, but we just wanted to put it out there today. Uh, no, you don't want to miss Jimmy Buffett night. It's always a good time for sure. Yeah, yeah, he didn't spend a lot of time in the classroom. We understand, but uh, but it didn't didn't uh, you know he didn't do too badly. You know, I guess in, in retrospect. So with the COVID, you know, with basketball, the NCAA tournament now being held in in Indianapolis after post COVID, Jeremy, how is the landscape of college basketball or just college athletics in general? Do you think going to be permanently changed because of the pandemic that we've just come through? Yeah, great question, and, and I think um, you know some of that's to be determined, obviously. But a couple things I'll say about that. Number one is, I think most of us right now are focused on a couple things. Number one, we're headed in the right direction. It's like we talked about baseball capacity and, and those kind of things. You know, we're trying to make sure that we get to the finish line um, without stumbling, right? So that we kind of ease back into this, and that we do it in a way that we don't ha- we don't have another hiccup or we don't have. Uh, another issue is going to set us back. I think we all want to get to the fall in a position where we can be 100% and, and ready to roll and get back to quote-unquote normal. Um, so I think that's been our approach. And then obviously just from a standpoint of, you know, getting to the end of the fiscal year um, as intact as possible and trying to make sure that we're uh, in a position, uh, the best position we possibly can be. And, and, and it's been difficult on all of us, but trying to just – manage that the best we can to the end of the year so i think from a standpoint of it it it, you know some what's going to stay with us and what's going to um you know what's going to impact college athletics i think some of the things that we've done uh there's some small things that we've done for instance from a scheduling standpoint in the conference and how we how we've tried to limit some travel uh things like that i think there's some things like that that will stay with us or at least at least pieces of that that will stay with us because i think you realize that hey we can you know, we can make this a little more budget-friendly without really disrupting uh, the integrity of the conference schedule. And so um, that's one example, but I think there are a lot of examples just like that, how we communicate, how we recruit. I think, I think our coaches have realized that, hey, we, can, we need to be in front of people, which we haven't been able to do. We need to be on campuses, you know, high school campuses and at games. But we really can do a lot of recruiting, um, you know, and get face-to-face virtually. I mean, the Zoom calls that we've been able to do and, and the FaceTimes and things like that from a coaching perspective, uh, it won't be the only, uh, you know, tool in the recruiting toolbox, but it's going to be one that we're going to use in a better way moving forward. And so I, I do think there's a lot of things that will stay with us. I think, I think you know, the silver lining in all this maybe is that we're, we're, be, we're, more, we're going to be more efficient uh, and we're going to make sure that uh, we're being as smart as we can. And, and I, I do think there's some uh, some carryover there that's going to help us in the long run. But more and more of your colleagues, particularly at the mid-major level, if we can still use that that old-fashioned term, have said that one of the things that they that really stood out to them in this pandemic, that it has become more clear to them that the Power Five conferences are clearly at much more of an advantage than those that are not in the Power Five, which leads them to believe has them more leaning to favoring the Power Five breaking off and doing their thing and then everybody else doing something else. 
your reaction to that notion? Uh, I don't believe that. Uh, I'll, I'll just be blunt. I don't. I don't. Uh, I, do I think there's a gap, rate resource wise? Yes, um, but that didn't happen, or it didn't. It didn't. It didn't come to light through the pandemic for me or for any of us who've been involved in it. I don't. I don't. I don't necessarily think the gap's going to get bigger. Um, but I also think there's a lot of uh, what you're talking about is not quite as simple as people think it is. And there's a lot of value that the group of five slash mid-majors bring to the table, um, you know, that, that, you know, people don't understand. And so for me, I don't think that's the case. I don't think we're going to see, hey, at the end of this pandemic, uh, we realize that, you know, we, we can do this with just the power five and we don't need anybody else. I don't think that's the case. Um, and, you know, I just think there's, there's a whole lot more to it than that. And, you know, and, and we're probably not going to resolve the resource issue either. But um, I don't think in the next four, five, six years we're going to see any major shift when it comes to, hey, something we're going we're gonna to break off and do our own thing. We may see some conference shifts and, and some movement throughout the, the nation. But uh, I, don't, I don't see it as a breakaway. Well, I always appreciate your candor. And before I throw it back to Luke, I do have some good news for you today, Jeremy <laughs> McLean. I'll take it. Here it is. You ready? You do not have to hire a coach anytime soon. Look, don't, don't jinx me, okay? Because <laughs> <laughs> it seems every, every week it has been that you've, that you've had a coaching search of some kind. So well, kick your I, feet I, up and enjoy for a while. I, I, I appreciate it, and I hope that's the case. And, and I will say I think we've got a great group of coaches in place and uh, really excited about what, what that looks like uh, moving forward for us. The stability means a lot, Luke, doesn't it? You bet. You bet. It sure, it sure does. All right, Jeremy, about 30 seconds left. Uh, pitching this weekend, I know as a former pitcher, uh, it, it's exciting to see that, that radar gun in uh, the left field light up in the mid-90s based off whoever Oz and, and Coach Barry threw out there. I know as a, as a pitcher, you got to be excited about this uh, Golden Eagle pitching staff. Yeah, no doubt about it. They've been fun to watch and kind of knew going in, and I talked to Oz quite a few times, kind of knew that uh, that was going to be our strength. Not just in, in, in ability, but in depth. And I think we've seen that. And, and that really gives me a lot of confidence uh, moving into the year. But I love to watch these guys pitch. And yeah. um, so look forward to this weekend for sure. Yeah, but you guys, I, I can tell you, that's not the only thing that's that's lit in the, outf- <laughs> in the outfield. Hush. Hush. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no uh, no walk-up tickets today, but you can buy individual tickets, but you got to get on the horn with the ticket office ASAP. Jeremy McLean, we always appreciate your time. Thanks for hopping on the Eagle Hour with us today. Thank you, guys. Appreciate what you do. That's the athletic director himself. We'll step away. J.C. Keys, former Southern Miss baseball pitcher, up next on the Eagle Hour. Don't go anywhere. The Eagle Hour, Southern Miss to the top. Thanks to Athletic Director Jeremy McLean joining us in the first couple of segments on the Eagle Hour today, this Friday edition. This third segment brought to you by our friends at 4th Street Bar and Grill. A lot of people during spring break like to watch uh, March Madness. The tournament's, uh, the tournament selection committee will make their uh, team choices this Sunday, and then the tournament begins next week. 4th Street Bar and Grill is going to have TVs all over the place, which is usual, and they'll have all the games there uh, that you'll be able to watch. Plenty of uh, pool tables to shoot pool with. Dollar bills already stacked up there, people ready to play. 
darts. If you're into darts, the next trivia tournament is uh, next uh, Wednesday night, March 17th. And you can check out their Facebook page for the 895 lunch special, which includes uh, your soft drink as well. 4th Street Bar and Grill right over the bridge from 4th Street, right there at the corner of the campus at Southern Miss. Joining us now as uh, this Eagle Hour continues with Kelly Sander and Luke Johnson is J.C. Keyes, former Southern Miss pitcher, now in the Cincinnati Reds organization. He will report to spring training in Goodyear, Arizona on April 1st, and he will be assigned from there. He's joining us on the Super Talk Mississippi hotline this afternoon. J.C., how's it going, babe? It's good. It's good. Thank you for having me. You ready to, you ready to head to Arizona? Tell us what's going on. Oh, yeah. I'm ready to, ready to get everything started. Um, it's been a long time coming. Uh, almost two, uh, a year now since uh, I've, I've been out there, but I'm ready to get started and, you know, just kind of work my way up in the system. Yeah, normally, normally you would have been gone a long time ago. Um, oh yeah, yeah. So tell us how the calendar has shifted because of uh, of the pandemic. So normally um, we would, I mean, if they had like a camp or something, I would go out like late January or like mid February. But now they just pushed everything back and delayed it just until like the big leaguers ship out to where they're supposed to go, in, and then they'll bring the minor leaguers out there. Um, supposedly, they're supposed to have two groups, um, the AAA and AA go out, and then they'll bring in the uh, low A to rookie ball guys out. And, so, and, of course, the reason for all that is the smaller groups, the less chance you know, the virus has to affect you know, that many people. So the smaller groups, that's the idea. And at, at what point, J.C., will the Reds tell you where, where you're headed you know, for, for the regular season? What they were saying is we'll we'll probably we'll get out, get out there and then we'll play a couple of games a couple of games with the Indians and then whoever else um, and then probably maybe two weeks just depending on how I do out there um, they'll tell me where I'm supposed to go. Um, last year I went out there uh, early and I was supposed to go to uh, Dayton, Ohio, in Loe and be a starter up there. Um, so I don't know if that's the same thing or if anything's changed just because of they cut two teams uh, affiliates so every team, and then they cut a lot of players. So I'm not sure where I would be head. Luke, Luke Johnson, if if JC gets to play against the Cleveland Indians, he's going to go up against you know Kirk McCarty and some of those other guys. So some Southern Miss and Oak Grove guys reunited. And I'm sure if uh, whether Kurt wins or loses, JC, you will hear from him either way, and you will probably hear from him a lot, right? Kurt always running that mouth. Oh yeah, yes, yes. I will always hear from Kurt. Um, anybody can say that Kurt he talks a lot, but I, we all love Kurt. I love Kurt. That's my boy. How how. I mean, for for you guys, I mean, your season was eliminated, and so what did you do um, in the offset of not being able to throw, you know, 100, 120 innings in in a normal season or practice like you would? How difficult was it to, I guess, establish a routine that wasn't there before to be able to to keep your body in shape and keep your arm in in, uh, in shape? It was definitely definitely difficult, um, you know, not knowing, like, if you're going to get called back, um a week after um, they let us go or however long, um, just being able to stay ready all year because you never know when they were going to call you to, to come back. So 
So, I mean, pretty much I just worked out and threw for a little, for the, the summer. And then once they said, hey, we're not doing anything, I kind of like shut down and kind of just worked out and slacked off and throwing and then kind of like built back up if we were going to report um, like January and all that kind of stuff. And that's what I've been doing um, since then. Yeah, I'm sure there's uh, there's great solace in the fact that so many are your former teammates, not only high school but but in college. We're going through the same thing, and you know, reaching out to those guys. All right, um, tonight Hunter Stanley pitching for the Golden Eagles, and uh, when when you played with him, he was a reliever, and now he's become a starter, and and you've been on both of those sides. Is it is it harder to transition from uh, from starter to reliever or reliever to starter? And kind of your observation of, of what Hunter has done this first part of this year and and uh, evolving as a starting pitcher. Um, for me, uh, I, for me, I like the transition from starter to reliever. I like the the bullpen just because of, of like the adrenaline and the being able to throw. Um, two out of three three games on the weekend and just being able to get in that, that rhythm. Um, Stanley on the other hand, he's that he's a hard worker and whatever he like sets his mind to, he can do it. Um, and you we've seen it. Um, and I think I mean him as a starter is is phenomenal. I think he's he's established that his uh, curveball. He, I, I know he didn't have it last year or last year when he was in the bullpen, but he he's worked yeah. this summer um, to to establish that that strikeout pitch with that that curveball. That's good, and and we're excited about what he's done so far. JC Kelly wants to know if he can find one of your old parrot head jerseys that wasn't auctioned off because he wants to fit into it tonight uh, for the the first game of the series against Louisiana. Isn't that right, Center? Yeah, it's probably a little big on me. It would probably be a little big on me, don't you think, JC? Oh, yes, sir. <laughs> hey, I do, I do want to ask you, though, because and I, and I love your story, because those of you that know JC Keys know that he is not that cookie-cutter pitcher. I mean, all the scouts want a guy that's, you know, 6'5", you know, 225, you know, all that. But JC Keys obviously is not that tall. He's not that heavy but has been very productive. So what do you tell, J.C., those, those smaller, more diminutive guys about their chances of making it? Because you've obviously done it. You've, you've won against the odds. I mean, if I had to tell them something that, that kept me going was, uh, you know, height doesn't you know, measure heart, and that's, uh, something from Marcus Stroman, who is a major league pitcher, and he's also small like myself. So, I mean, if you have the heart um, and you have like the, the, the tools and the the, the 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 brains of the IQ of being a baseball player, you know that can that can get you a long way. Um, and when you work hard every day, every day. And putting it in the word, you know, you're going to get production. So that's what I would have to tell those guys who are the smaller guys like me. It's just keep working and, and study the game, and it'll take you a long way. It doesn't hurt to have a filthy curveball either. Yeah, that, <laughs> that, doesn't, that helps too. <laughs> and, and where did you develop that curveball, JC? Because really, 
you know, following your career, I've known you since you were a little kid. Really, about age 13, man, you were starting to drop that sucker in there. How did you develop that one? So, uh, I was playing rec, rec ball at Oxford Park. I think. Uh, in Oak Grove. 14. Yeah, in Oak Grove. And um, I, I was throwing a knuckleball. My dad wouldn't let me throw a curveball when I was younger because he didn't want me to hurt my arms, so I was throwing a knuckleball. So, um, I got to the, finally I got to the age to where he would allow me to throw it, but he, uh, I think my coach at the time was trying to get me to throw like a cutter or something, and I just couldn't grasp it, so I just started playing around with it, with the cutter grip, and then all of a sudden I started to spike, spike my curveball, and I knew um, I was 12 to 6 on my arm, arm release angle, and I'm I just kind of like put football, throwing a football and a, a baseball together and just kind of really like started spinning it. And I saw it had a, a lot of uh, drop on it and hitters were swinging at it every time I threw it. So I just kind of got better and better at throwing it. Yeah, if they're going to swing at it, right, and miss it, you might as well keep throwing it. And a lot you of might as well. right, and a lot of people that don't know J.C. Keys' story, he and, and Matthew Guidry have been especially close over the years. Of course, both of them played at Southern Miss. Both of them were teammates at Oak Grove High School. So, if you were going to pitch to Matthew Guidry, J.C. Keys, who would get the better of each other? Would Guidry mm. hit you better, or would you strike? Would you get the better of him? So. We have had uh, <laughs> we we ran into each other plenty of good times in Southern <laughs> scrimmage. Um, me, I still remember it. Um, I last at that my last year. Um, I had a guy; he was on deck, and I walked the guy in deck to get to Matthew because I knew this would be like our last time uh, facing each other. Uh, he he ended up. I think I ended up getting him to one two and you know how Matthew is a tough out at the plate. He ended up bringing it back to three two and then ended up getting the base hit back up the middle. So he 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 got the last last of our uh, facing each other. But I I, I feel like I have him. Um, well, there will be plenty more laughs, I'm sure, th- throughout the years as you guys continue that relationship on through life. J.C. Keys, continued success, buddy. We'll be following your career. Thank you for joining us on the Eagle Hour, bud. Good luck. Yes, Thank you. All right, J.C. Keys, former Southern Miss pitcher, now in the Cincinnati Reds organization. Luke and I will be back with a little bit about a lot of things in a moment. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Great chatting with J.C. Keys as he heads out in a few weeks to Arizona as part of the Cincinnati Reds organization, Hattiesburg Zone, Oak Grove Zone. J.C. Keys uh, and some of those great performances he had at Southern Miss. Appreciate his time. Great show today uh, with Jeremy McLean earlier. And uh, Jeremy wanted you to know if you missed that, there there are uh, no walk-up tickets tonight. You may have literally a few more minutes to call the ticket office and see if there's any uh, tickets, but that's the only way you can purchase. you got to call ahead. No walk-up tickets uh, this weekend. We appreciate Jeremy's uh, time with us today. Southern Miss taking on Louisiana tonight at 6, tomorrow at 2, Sunday at 1. Hunter Stanley, Walker Powell, Ben Etheridge in the rotation for the Golden Eagles. 
Hayden Dirk tonight, a uh, right-hander, 2-0-2-1-6 ERA for the Raging Cajuns. And just to remind you where they are this year, they're head- hitting 253 as a team. Uh, their pitching staff, a 3-1-9 ERA, and a team batting average of, uh, of, of allowing opponents to hit 211. So should be a great weekend, and we hope Hunter Stanley gets the Eagles going tonight. It is a crazy busy weekend uh, athletic-wise with the fall sports moving to the spring. Men's tennis was supposed to take on Jackson State today. That's been canceled, but they do host Troy Sunday, so men's tennis at home against Troy on Sunday at 2 p.m. Women, on the other hand, on the road, women's tennis on the road at Jacksonville State uh, tomorrow. So ladies on the road up in uh, Jacksonville, Alabama. Uh, Women's soccer uh, out in San Antonio, Texas, uh, tonight at 7 p.m. And uh, so they are one and one in conference right now, three and two overall. So they take on the Lady Roadrunners at UTSA uh, tonight at 7 p.m. Women's golf uh, on the road at in New Orleans at English Turn Country Club. Uh, it's the Sugar Bowl hosted by Tulane, and then softball at the Mercer Bears Classic in Macon, Georgia, taking on Winthrop in Western Carolina tomorrow. Western Carolina and Mercer Sunday beach volleyball on the road at Carolina Challenge in Columbia, South Carolina, taking on Jacksonville in South Carolina tomorrow, and then Mercer Coastal Carolina, and then women's volleyball. This is the indoor volleyball. Uh, they continue conference play at. UTSA out in San Antonio um, Sunday and Monday at 1 and 12. A lot going on, and if you missed earlier in the show, Corvell Todd, high jumper for the men's track and field team, a All-American today, posting his career best in the high jump 2.21 meters. He is a All-American, first-team All-American, finished fifth nationally. Southern Miss, uh, you have a All-American in track and field. Great to see. All right, uh, we'll bring Kelly in, and, and uh, we're talking baseball with, with JC. Some rule changes to be tested in the minors this year, Kelly. And again, these rules are not for all levels. They're trying different rules at different levels, and Kelly, try to get your feedback on them. Slightly larger bases with a less slippery surface will be in AAA. A requirement that all four infielders have their cleats in the dirt uh, when the pitch is delivered, so changing up for some shifts. High A, pitchers must step off the rubber before they attempt a pickoff. Low A, only two pickoff attempts per plate appearance in low A West, a 15-second pitch clock. And then probably the most uh, remarkable, low A Southeast automatic ball strike system. And they're trying these out, Kelly, to see if they want to implement any of those at the major league level. Your thoughts? The two that I think are the big ones that they're, that they're dealing with is going to be the, the time clock on pitching. Because the biggest complaint people have about baseball games is they take too long All right, to finish a game. So very similar to the shot clock in basketball, the 15-second the pitch clocks. As soon as the pitcher gets the, ba- the baseball, the clock would start, and the pitcher has 15 seconds to get the ball delivered to the catcher. They think that that will really speed things up. I think that's a good idea. I really think that that's a good idea to speed up the game because it, really, it can really get ridiculous. The other thing is the, the limiting the shifts and so on in baseball. Um, and, and I... Look, I think that whatever the data, it's, it's becoming more money ball, you know, that the numbers don't lie. I don't like the fact that they're limiting the shifts. I think that, um, that, that hitters need to learn how to use the whole field instead of just one, one part of the field. And if that 
makes them, you know, these guys are the best at what they do, and they should be able to use the whole field as hitters and go with the ball to the opposite field if they need to and, and, um, and make them pay if they go into a shift. So I don't like the fact that they're limiting the shifts, but I think those are going to be the two, the two biggest things. I know the, the, non, the non-slick surface on the bases is to try to cut down on turned ankles, things of that. I, I understand why they're trying that, but I will never be in favor of robotic umpires. And it's very similar to like, to like a swim meet. You know, it's a, it's a meter or a, a beam that determines, you know, who finished first, who finished second. That's what they're talking about with balls and strikes. I think in any sport that is played by humans, it should be officiated by humans. Are they going to miss some? Yes. But they are so highly trained and so good at what they do, even when you slow it down, I'm amazed at how many times they get it right. And it's part of the intrigue and part of the excitement of baseball. If it's played by humans, it should be officiated by humans. I will never be in favor of an artificial uh, referee of any kind. Me either. And and part of the game is trying to get in that ump's mind and seeing what kind of pitches he wants that day. And that's just the uh, the intrigue and the beauty of baseball. Yeah, and, and it's going to be some great baseball in the Pete. Kelly, uh, prediction real quick. Uh, what you got this week and how many of the Eagles win? Two, I, I mean, two out of three. I mean, two. just get two out of three. You're good to go. Win these weekend series. I'm the same way. I think the Eagles will take two out of three. Hope to see you at the Pete. Uh, if you can't be there, tune in. Uh, and if you're there, yell really loud. A great week on the Eagle Hour. Bob will be back Monday. We'll catch you Monday at 1 o'clock. And as always, Southern Miss to to the the top. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.